Hello everyone and welcome to The Stagey Place, the podcast where we hear chat to writers, directors, producers, designers, anyone and everyone who works within the theatre industry. Now we have a little bit of a different episode today compared to our usual ones which happen year round because we are joined today by two creatives from two separate projects and this is because the German Street Theatre which is located in Piccadilly, London currently has its Footprints Festival playing over the next couple of weeks. The idea behind the festival is to allow early career creatives a chance to stage their work within a London theatre and today we are joined by by two creators in two different projects. The first interview today is with Flora Wilson-Brown, who is the writer of The Beautiful Future Is Coming, which is playing from the 30th of January until the 5th of February. And then later on in this episode, we'll be joined by Aida Rocci, who is the director and translator of Two Rounds, which is playing later on in the Footprints Festival. So for now, sit back, relax, and enjoy our first interview with Flora Wilson-Brown Wilson Brown, the writer of The Beautiful Future is Coming. Hello Flora and welcome to The Stagey Place. How are you doing today? Yeah, I'm good. Thanks so much for having me on again, Elliot. Thanks so much for coming on. Yes, like you just said there, Flora, you were on episode 42, which was, can you believe, two years ago when we were talking about, I know, I know, I know, at the Southwark Playhouse. We are now back, though, talking today about your brand new show, The Beautiful Future is Coming. Let's start then. Tell me a little bit about the inspiration behind writing this play and how long has this development been with the play? Yeah, it's actually been quite a quick development, this one. we, Me and Harry started talking about the idea at the very tail end of 2022 and we chatted to German Street Theatre about it and got offered a place in their Footprints Festival, which was amazing. It kind of caught us a bit off guard. It came a bit out of left field. It's been a quick, a quick turnaround, which is really exciting and not something I think you get to do very often in theatre. So yeah, it's been fun. And the inspiration kind of came from, we both had had a lot of conversations about climate change. It's something we're both quite anxious about in our day-to-day lives. And I think it kind of came from that place of wanting to do something useful with that fear. (laughs) (laughs) And so obviously you've then applied for the Footprints Festival. What was it about the festival that you liked? Had you seen stuff in previous festivals? Did you like the way that it had been run or did you just see it like submissions open online and decided to go for it? I think it operates in a really interesting part of the theatre ecology. I think because it's such a small, intimate venue, Hmm. but it's also it's got such an incredible history and it's in such an amazing location the sort of the creatives and the actors that it attracts as a venue are of such a high caliber that you get to be in this tiny little room with them. So I think when, yeah, when we saw that they were working with like emerging early career artists, we just thought we've got to be involved in that really, if they'll have us. (laughs) And yeah, luckily they liked the show. Yeah, absolutely. It's very exciting. So talk to me then, Flora, if people are going to come and watch the show, tell us a little bit about the characters that we meet and the journey that they go on. Yeah, it spans 250 years of climate crisis. So it's a big story. Um, and we we start with uh, a woman called Eunice Foote and her husband in 1856 in upstate New York. They're very vaguely based off of real people. So there was a woman called Eunice Foote and she did publish a paper about the greenhouse effect. So she was the first person to discover basically that 
CO2 and sunlight can lead to an increase in temperature. Um, and she was also the first person to say that this could increase temperatures across the world. And the next person who came up with that theory, of course, was a man and, of course, was credited with discovering it by the entire world until about 20 years ago when she was sort of rediscovered. So the sort of first part of the story, although they all happen at the same time, but the first bit chronologically is about her trying to be taken seriously and trying to get her work noticed in quite a in a really patriarchal society. And then there's a woman in London in 2027 and she works for like a sort of marketing startup trendy office thing and she's falling in love with her co-worker and as they sort of have this incredible rom-com relationship things start to happen in London as a result of the climate crisis and they kind of become very directly affected by it so that's the middle the sort of I'd say maybe the emotional heart of the play and then there's a woman in the Svalbard seed vault in 2100 which is this crazy thing that really exists but it's basically a big safe full of every seed of every plant in the entire world so that if something goes horrifically wrong we can like start again from scratch so it's her in the seed vault in 2100 with her research assistant but they've been stuck in there for about a month and a half longer than they should have done because of storms and she's now heavily heavily pregnant and they don't know when they're gonna get out so that's the setup and obviously like you know when when we're thinking about these stories set over three yeah do they all intertwine in a way like or are they very much three separate stories that we just see the journey throughout yeah I think it's been a it's been an interesting sort of journey on that I think they're they're not connected in terms of like they're not related or like the stories don't intersect but something that me and Harry the director were really interested in was like what's the sort of common thread of humanity between all of them so they all do things like drink coffee fall in love with someone they shouldn't they all play cards and it's those little links between that someone in 1856 and someone in 2100 can have something in common in a bigger way like we all have in common climate and the world and like we all live in the same place so obviously like you say this is a big story at the German Street Theatre yeah do you want people to take away from the show do you want people to come in knowing a little bit about climate change wanting to be like an activist for it what is it that you'd really ideally want people to take away from it the main thing that we would want people to take away is it can be so easy when you start to research the climate crisis to get really lost in the fear of it and to get really lost in how scary it is and how powerless you can feel in the face of it but I think something that we really thought was important in making the show was like capturing hope in each other and like belief in humanity as like cheesy and horrific as that sounds but like the fact is that if we all give up into the the doom of it and the fear of it everything really will go wrong and there isn't a way out but if we like hang on to the fact that we're still here and we can still make choices and changes even if we can't like ban fossil fuels overnight as just one person there are still things that we can all do and I think it's just about feeling less alone in it and like finding those little human stories can make you feel like you're part of something bigger yeah and obviously when you're then researching all these people and places and you're trying to look out the timeline of the show and you know the decades that you're going to and stuff like that like you just said there when people think about climate change and you're researching it you can get bogged down in the disastrous ways of you know how it changes our world and stuff were you very certain of the story that you wanted to tell when you were researching 
the play or were you mm. were you basically researching everything and then kind of thinking of the story that would happen once you knew everything that you wanted to know I think it was a bit of both I think with Eunice um with the the strand in the past I really I was really clear on what that would be quite immediately it's the that sort of dissonance between her knowing that she's an incredible scientist and she's got this she's found this thing and the world that she lives in not believing her and how difficult that must have been to know that you're right about something and to know that the reason that you're not being believed is something like completely out of your control and then with the the sort of modern day strand with their storyline I just wanted to find two characters that people would relate to and would like fall in love with a little bit I really wanted them to be like a way in for the audience to like really like care about them because I think if you make it feel like it's happening to people that you know or could happen to people that you might know it's so much of an easier way in than just presenting people with like loads of facts and figures and like areas that might be in danger yeah so like finding those things for people to care about and then with the future I just was kind of like would it not be the worst thing in the world to be pregnant at work you're like eight months pregnant and you can't escape and you're in Svalbard I just was like that is maybe a horror film (laughs) Um, (laughs) and I sort of was like what is the worst where's the worst place for that to happen yeah and also just so fascinated by the seed vault in general and the fact that like we're already prepping to like prepare a new planet yeah live on it instead of like fixing this like perfect planet that we already live on and that's scary in a way isn't it that like you say like people are already preparing for that by having all these all these flowers right so that we can rebuild it again like that we've come to this point now where there is such a place like you say like you you know you talk about it in the play anyway but there is such a place where this happens that that's quite frightening in a way yeah I mean it's there's lots of other like purposes to seed vaults and that they have them all over the world but one of its like stated purposes is to like terraform a new planet if we ever d- develop that technology which just seems like a completely mental when we could just fix the one that we live on now I d- yeah I do find it really scary but fascinating that it exists and also that like so many different countries had to cooperate for that to exist it's such incredible that humans can do that but then why can't we do that with like planes yes. such a, a weird dissonance absolutely so obviously yeah. Laura whilst we're chatting You've got your cast and creative in the rehearsal room at the moment. As a writer, let's talk a little bit about how you feel about that happening right now. So, like, there are people in the room currently, whilst we are doing this interview right now, in fact. Talk to me a little bit about how the rehearsals are going and how you feel having this backseat that you are currently in being rather than the rehearsal room. Yes, yeah, yeah. I'm really lucky with my director, Harry. We've known each other for years. We worked on the last show. And I think we just have a really incredible working relationship where I really just trust him to make calls on the show and on the text and like yeah he's just brilliant and also the I'm so excited by all the actors that we're working with like phenomenal and they've all brought such different dramaturgical thoughts to the play because obviously like I said it's been like quite a quick turnaround on this one so they've really yeah the questions they've been asking and like their voices in the room have been so important and helpful I think it's just going really well it's been a bit of a dream process in terms of like the cast and they're just perfect and I'm really excited to see what they do with it yes so this play has been very much a quick turnaround like you say <laughs> it's been very quick trying to get up on its feet trying to rehearse it write the play and then obviously you know pull it towards footprints festival 
it's a big story for a small state. Is it something that you maybe want to expand even further, you know, with your writing and your writing style? Do you want to expand the idea of climate change in the writing that you do in the future with this play or with any other plays that you do? Yeah, I mean, with both, like we'd love me and Harry have said, like, we'd love to do this play again in a in a different space over a longer run. Like when we first came up with this idea, we thought we would do it in like a few years when we had different resources and like more time. I'd love to see what this play is like with more time to develop and and more time to like map it out and to make the sort of intricacies between the threads even tighter and closer. And then in terms of like climate change more generally, we've both said like, if you're making work at the moment and you're not including climate change, you're sort of including it by omission because it is such a like present threat to our culture and, and to humanity in general. Like if it's not on your mind, it's because you're choosing not to think about it in a way, even though obviously you can't think about it all the time. Otherwise you would go insane. Yeah. But yeah, I think it, I think it will be in everything that we make, even if it's just a little bit, because um, I think it is it's every day, isn't it? Absolutely. Oh, God, yeah. Did look, yeah. Look what's happening now with the storms yeah look at the window like I was gonna trees say, yeah I was gonna say, everything is it's a knock-on effect like you yeah it changes a knock-on effect without us really realizing it but then we do know but we just don't necessarily want to say it because people think some people talk about it too much but then other people talk about other things too much like you know yeah and how much is too much if you know like and as soon as someone brings up climate change it's like oh god like we're talking about climate change again but it's like but you could talk about any, anything for such a long period of time and yeah don't mind but as soon as it's climate change it's like oh god the world's ending blah, 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 blah. but like blah, 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 blah. Oh, such a downer about it and that's what you said earlier on like if you look at it too much you can see the downside of things where actually you could, you could see the hope and humanity where you know they're keeping seeds and seed vaults and like you think that's hope but actually it's because of how we are destroying our world yeah it's so tank honestly if you think about it for longer than half an hour I feel like my head's gonna explode which is why we've made the play <laughs> Yes, exactly. So one final question then, Flora. If there is one moment in the play, a character, a location, something that you can tease us that you're really looking forward to the audience reaction for throughout this play, what is the one bit of the play that you are most excited for the audience to see and react to? It's a bit of a silly one, but there's a tote bag that I'm excited for people to see. The tote bag reveal. I'll say, yeah. that I think people will enjoy. It sounds like something that you could put merchandise on or something. Maybe it is. <laughs> Who knows? Maybe well, in the future. Yeah, maybe in the future. Obviously, then people will have to come and see the play then to see what this tote bag reveal is. Yeah, tote bag fans, yeah. please. I love a good tote bag, but I think I've got too many of them. So, you know, we'll, we'll have, to see, we'll have to see how good the tote bag is. Well, Flora, thank you so much for coming on today. Again, it is The Beautiful Future is Coming. It is written by you, Flora Wilson-Brown, and is directed by Harry Tennyson and is playing from the 30th of January until the 5th of February. And we should say that the 5th of February is a matinee performance. Perfect. Well, Flora, thank you so much for joining me and spending part of your time this afternoon to talk about the play. No, thank you so much. And so there we go. That was our first interview today in the Footprints Festival special here on this stagey place with Flora Wilson-Brown, the writer of The Beautiful Future is Coming, which once again is playing from the 30th of January until the 5th of February at the German Street Theatre. We're now going to move straight into our second interview today with Aida Rocci who is the director and translator for Two Rounds, which is playing from the 7th until the 10th of February.
Hello, Aida, and welcome to The Stagey Place. How are you doing today? Thank you for having me. I'm doing great. Good. I'm so happy to have you on, Aida. We're talking about two rounds today, which is a part of the Footprints Festival at the German Street Theatre. I see right now that you're in rehearsals at the moment. You've got a glorious background of Theatre <laughs> Delhi. How are rehearsals going for the show? They're going super well. Yes, we're actually now in our lunch break and the actresses have just left the room. Yeah, it's probably the smoothest rehearsal process I've ever been to. The women are super generous and getting so much depth out of the play, but it's also still playful, which is something that was really important for me. Absolutely. So we must say then, Aida, you are the translator and the director of this show. So talk to me a little bit about how you got involved with this show and the company itself. A long, long story. So I actually found this script over 10 years ago. I was not even in theatre at the time. I was very young. <laughs> and uh, I was in Spain. I'm originally from Spain, but I'm half Italian. And a friend, an Italian friend of mine and I watched the film. There's a, there's a film based on the original play that was premiered in Italy in 2006. And we love the film. After having been with that film for so long, I feel like it's a film that takes a while to get used to. But there were some themes and like the actresses were so amazing that we always thought it was, you know, so resonant with the experience of being a woman. And then uh, because we had free time, uh, we decided to translate it into Spanish. And then I did uh, just as an exercise, you know, like it was more because we loved it and we thought it would be great for four actresses to have fun with it. And we knew some actresses and it was, it was really fun at the time. I went on and studied theater as a dramaturg and I had to, um, we had a class on translation and I really wanted to translate this place. So that's how I started translating it. But it was first in American English and then I moved to the UK and I was working in an Italian restaurant and with a friend, Paul Hillier, I started to translate into British English. So it took a long time to translate, like over eight years or so. Yeah. And by the time that we were done, <laughs> the pandemic had hit. But I had already reached out to the playwright and their agent, and they were really interested in taking her work outside of Italy, because she is actually a very prominent Italian uh, playwright and novelist. And as screenwriter, she was nominated for an Oscar. She is an activist. She's an amazing figure and very, very well known. So I don't think she has had a lot of international projection other than the Oscar nomination. And they were really, really supportive. It just took a while until the pandemic fumes dispersed a bit. And yeah, at first I didn't think I would be directing it, but I have been growing into my directing career. And I think it's just so powerful to be able to, as a translator, you know that you're never going to do a perfect job because there's things that you can't translate mm -hmm. but if you are a translator and a director it's like you have a second language that you can use and in rehearsal we spend a lot of time going back to the original trying to track the thought trying to figure out oh well that was the intention these are the words but we can like mold the action around them so that the original is preserved yeah. which is just so empowering um and having actors that are like really flexible to that is just such a joy yeah because I was going to say as well, like if you are the, just the translator and then somebody else goes on to direct it separately, there's always points where directors can change stuff compared to what the script says. But I guess because you've had that journey, like you said, eight years also just trying to translate it and then get it into British language, you know the story better than anybody, really, because you are the one that has had to translate it. So you are like the perfect choice to direct it. And like you say, you've had years, you've had years worth of experience becoming the director. 
writer for the show. So mm. I was reading about the show. It sounds very simple. So you've just got four women who are playing cards every single week. And then we do a time jump into the future. So tell me a little bit about these women that we meet at the start of the show. It has been one of the things I really love about the play. It's funny because when I started directing, there was a lot of devising and there was a lot of multimedia <laughs> projectors. Uh, and it's really funny to be working on a play that is all about the relationships between the women. There's nothing else that I want to add. Obviously, we have a beautiful set and costume and sound design and light design, but it is all to like really frame these relationships. And talking about these women has been so like to me, they are a reference of my life. Because uh, I, as you said, I have grown up with them. The last yeah. eight years, obviously, I've gone from being quite young to being in a different moment as a woman. And there's a lot of the lines that I, at first I just heard and they, they didn't mean anything, but now they've grown a meaning <laughs> from like the really silly ones, like, oh, there's always a drawer to organize somewhere to the really deep conversations about gender and the like hope that at some point we won't have to talk about gender anymore because we'll be past that point as well. So I find it so inspiring to be able to track those jumps across generations that are so nicely made in the play. And one of the things that we found out and why I think the play is like incredibly relevant right now is because the first time is the 60s. And you see these women who are starting to have the, the words to describe their experiences and to hope for more and to question where their lives are going. And then we see their daughters in the 90s that are the same age as the moms were in the 60s. And they have a different life. They have jobs. None of them have children, but they have you know, again, like it's some unfulfilled hope that is still not there. And when I first read it, I felt like, oh, well, these women in the 90s, that's me, right? Like I'm, I'm, I'm from the 90s, but really, no, I am their daughter, right? Like we're 30 years away from the 90s. Yeah. And the women who are now around 30, 40, they remember the 90s. And they remember those women that we see in the second act as their moms. And we get to see, okay, well, how have we changed since the 90s and what has moved and what hasn't moved? Are we closer? I do think we're closer to a better place, but what, what still resonates? And I think that that vantage point is what makes this play just so interesting to, to witness today. Yeah, absolutely. And so with the show being on at the Footprints Festival at the German Street Theatre, what does that mean to you to be able to have this show on at the German Street Theatre for the Footprints Festival? Like, what does that allow you to give the audience? Oh, I I feel like we're so lucky to be at German Street. I think it's perfect theatre to begin this play. And one of the things that the play's really good at is creating an intimacy in the space because you are in this kind of like very safe women's space where the, these friends are talking about their lives without any masks and German street has a specific, it's such a quirky space, but it does create that magic. You see the audience so clearly in front of you yeah. that I think it will generate that relationship that is so present in the script in Italy. It has toured around the like big national theaters. So I think it's a play that scales really nicely but to be able to present it in London in a theater that is really going to capture that intimate essence is just such a dream and uh, yeah I've been I've uh, worked in the space before and I, I know it a little bit so I also feel like I know how to adapt it to the particularities of German Street and it's just going to be really exciting. 
Yeah. So tell me something about the story that you are excited for audiences to witness. Is there a moment? Is there a scene? Is there, you know, a monologue or something that you are really excited to get the audience's reaction from? Because like you say, like, this is a story about women in the 1960s and then the 1990s. There must be some conversation that happens throughout the show that you are wondering how the audiences are going to react to that moment. Yeah, I mean, there's so many. It's yeah. a play that is full of wonderful monologues, like really insightful lines. Like, as I said, there's like from the little like quirky observations to like the big live observations. So there's two moments that I'm very much in love with. There's one monologue at the end of the first act that it's not that I agree with everything that it says, but it's like the passion with which it comes. And like, I've always found it like, oh, this is one of those monologues that you would go to theater schools with to do your audition. And I I really, I'm really loving getting to work with that. It's been really fun. And then there is the ending. So yeah, come to see the ending because I think the ending reveals a bit of hope that has been in the ether of the world from the 20s even. And that is that, I don't want to give any spoilers, but I feel like we're working towards it with a lot of effort and we never get to reach it, but like it keeps going. And I think that I would love to hear what the audiences react to in that last moment of the play. Yeah. Because it feels a bit incomplete, but it, the, the hope is there, right? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So that's the end of the first act and the end of the second act that you're most looking forward the to. Endings. The endings. <laughs> yeah. yeah, both endings. So who is your, in that case, ideal audience member that you would like to come and mm-hmm. see two rounds with? I mean, I think anyone can like enjoy it. I think definitely any woman will find a, something to recognise in herself and the place so brilliant in the way that these women are not stereotypes they all have these complexities that you know even if you don't find the one that you identify with you will find something that you're like oh yeah that that thought right I do think women would probably like love that I'm particularly excited about women around my age because for me this play really gave me tools and companionship. I would love to offer that to them as well. I am very passionate about migrant artists in the UK because there's not a lot of translated theater that happens and it's just being able to offer that is really exciting, especially for Italian communities. Like to to see someone that is coming from Italy, that is not just that fall, that is, you know, like a classic, it's, you know, like pop culture reference already in Italy. Like being able to build that bridge is really exciting for me. Then I will say that probably the people that I really want to come see as well as men because there's a lot of the play that is showing the female experience so eloquently and that is building all this hope for inclusion that I wish that men would see it and see what how they react and if they also find bits of it that they recognize or if they find something about the way that these women speak to each other that they want to imitate or emulate in their lives or even like this is a play that in- involves men in that conversation even though there's no male characters yeah. and I really wonder like how are men going to react to it so yeah I, I just want everybody to come see it really we'll see we'll see <laughs> knock on wood people yeah. come <laughs> well absolutely people can watch two rounds at the German Street Theatre once again it's a part of the Footprints Festival and it's playing from the 7th 
until the 10th of February. Aida, thank you so much for coming on to talk about the show. I wish you the best of luck with the run at the German Street Theatre. And I hope that audiences receive the show as well as you would like them to. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me and letting me rant about my play. Talk about my play. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. And there we go, that was the second interview today in our Footprints Festival special at the German Street Theatre with Aida Rocci. I'd just like to thank Flora and Aida for both coming onto the Stage of Place today to talk about their projects as part of the Footprints Festival, which once again plays at the German Street Theatre. If you'd like to book tickets for either The Beautiful Future is Coming or Two Rounds, you can click on the links which are available in our episode notes wherever you are streaming this episode of the Stage of Place podcast. And if you would like to find out more about the Stage of Place podcast, the guests that we've had on in the 132 episodes of the show, then you can do so by following us on social media. We are available on Instagram, X and TikTok at the Stagey Place. My name's been Elliot and I'd just like to thank you once again for listening to this episode. And so, until the next time you love to join us here on the Stagey Place, I hope you're keeping safe and staying stagey. Goodbye.